Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined with our guest producer, Max the Mercenary Williams. Most importantly, you are you, you are here. And that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Important shout out because we like to be people of our word here on Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. Doug, Doug from Instagram. Matt, Doug from Instagram told me about the drugged up fish. Thanks so much, Doug. We wanna make sure you get your due. Uh, today's episode is not about drugged up fish, it's about war. You've heard of it before. You might like its earlier work. Uh, history books generally like to simplify conflicts. People like their stories to delineate a clear good or bad side, to find a moral high ground. And it makes for a compelling narrative in the classroom. It'll help you get an A on the test. But war is as much a function of business as it is of ideology. And since the dawn of conflict as an industry, some folks have been willing to wage war on behalf of anyone with the coin to pay for blood. Uh, the general term changes over time. Right now, you hear a lot of these groups called private military contractors. Back in the day, they were called mercenaries. And uh, today's question is one that we've mulled over for some time. 
is it true that Russia has a shadow army? Here are the facts. We have to start with this. What is the Wagner Group? Ooh, sounds shadowy, that's for sure. Uh, officially, the Wagner Group isn't a thing. Um, it's been described as a paramilitary organization, a private military company, a, a collection of mercenaries. Vladimir Putin is often mentioned in the same breath as the Wagner Group, specifically um, attributing them to being his like personal army. That's mm-hmm. kind of spooky. Yeah. There's all kinds of information you can find about this group online. A lot of it is not that trustworthy. Not sure where mm-hmm. that information came from. You will see rumors abounding about this place. There is one story that I've seen in several places that claim the origins of this group find themselves with a single person named Dmitry Utkin, or uh, that's how I say it. Uh, I think it's what is his middle name? V. I just say Dmitry V. Utkin. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, this guy was a veteran who, like a lot of veterans here in the United States, saw opportunity, monetary opportunity, after leaving service. Except uh, Dmitry in this case was, uh, he saw, I think he was in the Chechen Wars. Is that correct? Yeah, in the first and second Chechen Wars. Uh, Utkin is an old school vet. He served as a lieutenant colonel in special forces, uh, well, basically in Russia's intelligence directorate, which is abbreviated to GRU. So he's kind of spooky in the tradecraft sense. Uh, As the story goes, and it is a story that has some holes in it, Ukin went private after his time in the service. We've got a lot of veterans in the audience today from uh, the U.S. military branches as well as other countries' militaries. And you know, uh, if you have ever served, you know that it's not uncommon for people to finish their time with a government military and then to go into the private sector leveraging their skills you know whether that whether you are a whiz at satellite communications or whether you say hey i've got military experience and i will drive a truck in a dangerous part of the world as part of a supply chain or even like cybersecurity it's just yes. it's common across the board yeah very much so and not inherently sinister uh this guy, as soon as he gets out, he joins an outfit called the Morin Security Group in 2013. This group is made up of Russian veterans, former military, and from what we could see, one of their primary stated goals is to focus on fighting piracy. Not copyright piracy, don't worry, Morin's not going to bust down your door for trying to download uh, the newest Thor movie or something. We mean like actual let's rob the boat i am the captain now pirates and then out of this group or at least the leadership of this group there's another <laughs> there's a, another group that was created called the slavonic core c-o-r-p-s and that was based out of hong kong is specifically to protect oil interests in syria we're going to get into it but we're this group and it, the like subgroups the ones that formed into it and formed out of it. They operate across the planet, as Ben stated there in the in the beginning. Very similarly to the Constellis. Constellis? I don't know how to say it correctly. Mm. The, the huge uh, umbrella group that now owns Academy, uh, that used mm. to be XE, used, uh, used to be Blackwater. 
they just so they're for they, hire, right? I mean, it's it's not that they're just protecting Russian and you know interests, correct? Well, well, well that's <laughs> sticky. <laughs> in, in this case, though, I'm sorry, I don't, I, I kind of muddled the thinking there, but in this case, there is a specific group called the Slavonic Corps that was based in Hong Kong and it was specifically to protect oil interests in Syria. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they, they got a little bit out of their remit. Uh, it's important to note that Russia currently, as we record, has some pretty explicit laws about mercenaries. It's illegal. Uh, and interestingly enough, the government of Russia arrested some members of the Slavonic Corps after some disastrous events in Syria. Most people haven't heard of Wagner until quite recently in the United States. If you look at your news feeds of choice, whatever they are, uh, odds are you will find some reports from 2022 due to their current activity in Ukraine. Uh, the, but they really come to prominence during the Donbass War uh, in 2014, 2015, you know, this results in the annexation of Crimea. Utkin was active in this since its inception. Where does the name Wagner come from? Well, opinions differ. Shout out Foreign Policy Magazine, who said the origins were unknown. And shout out to uh, multiple other news sources who say the name derives from Utkin's call sign, his nom de guerre, his war name. Uh, and that's a story we'll get to in a second, but his his street name in times of war was Wagner. Interestingly enough, to your point about things being murky, Matt, Ukin may not be the actual final level boss. Uh, that honor may go to a guy named Yevgeny Prigozhin, uh, the guy who, kid you not, is sometimes referred to as Putin's chef. Yeah. And he's referred to as that because he he owns and operates, well, he at least owns, let's say, a ton of food service industry companies. And he specifically did stuff for the Kremlin and uh, like made food happen at big gatherings for the state. It's really, he's, the dude has a fascinating story. But also like, you know, he likes to chef up some carnage. <sighs> Yeah. Well, but he's not just in he's not just in food either. He's in all kinds of pursuits, specifically mining. He's a big miner. Yeah, yeah. He is in mining. He is also uh he's a very close confidant of Putin. He's in Putin's inner circle. And that's how, you know, that's how these sorts of dictators work. Uh he in addition to being apparently a just top-notch chef or caterer, uh, he controls a network of companies, including Wagner, and we'll see why this is important, why, why we're telling you that the story is somewhat unclear at times. What does Wagner do? Well, here's the thing. Whomever really runs the show, you can find them in multiple geopolitical conflicts where Russia has skin in the game or has some sort of goal. We're talking Syria, Libya, the Central African Republic, on and on. There are more than that. In each conflict, despite not officially existing, as Noel said, and despite um, being thought of as a mercenary group, as you know, the United Nations has defined mercenaries, despite all that, they appear to be fighting to further Russian goals in every single 
conflict. So it's not uh, it's not a highest bidder situation. Oh no. And it's often that they at least officially are active in those areas to provide quote security, security for operations. And the, some of the things that we saw where they're cited are those specific mining operations where they're basically bodyguards for people who are working the mines and staff, as well as protecting the actual physical facilities, like uh, the guards stationed outside or at the gates. Right. And, um, you know, again, as we go through this, we want all our fellow conspiracy realists to understand that a lot of a lot of criticism leveled at this practice. Uh, it could be a glass house, don't throw stones situation, sadly. Uh, you'll see what yep. we mean momentarily. But uh, in addition to those countries I just named, Wagner operatives have also been in Sudan, in Mali, in Mozambique, uh, and they're they're essentially they're exercising Russian influence via proxy, similar in some ways to the CIA method of propping up freedom fighters, right? That'll ins- that'll upon you know if they do a successful coup, then they'll install a more pro-U.S. regime. Uh, that's kind of what Wagner is doing, but they're all about the resources. To your point, Matt, seizing oil, gas fields, securing. Uh, other things for resource extraction, uh, they've been acting more and more like Western military contractors. They're evolving as we record. Well, yeah, they they also have a whole division that uh, focuses on cyber attacks, cyber warfare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But so the big question is, like, like, look, go back. If you're already pausing and saying, "Why aren't they talking about Blackwater and all that stuff?" Go back, listen to our episodes on private armies. We, we covered that pretty extensively. Uh, it's yes. worth your time. And that is like the glass house thing. Like we are aware of that. We were talking specifically about this Wagner group, which is W-A-G-N-E-R, by the way, if you haven't read the title of this yet. Just go back and listen to those. Let's, let's stick with this one, though, because the big question that we posed in those episodes as well is, are these actually mercenaries when they're acting like this, this kind of private army, or are they really just some kind of secret arm of the military that that they're fighting for or with, or maybe perhaps on their behalf, mercenary yeah. or army. And why does it matter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's, so there are these things called the Geneva conventions. They're not as cool as other conventions you may have attended in the past for anime or, you know, dragon con or something. Yeah. Um, no, no, no cosplay at the Geneva conventions. Very little cosplay. And <laughs> uh, the Geneva Conventions are a series of international agreements about how war should be conducted, how combatants should be treated, and what makes one a combatant. In 1977, an amendment to the original Geneva Conventions came out and said, okay, we're going to define mercenary because you guys are getting kind of wild with it. So <laughs> they, they listed off six things. We can kind of round robin these, but for them, uh, for the Geneva Conventions, a mercenary has to meet all six of these qualities. Number one, they have to be especially recruited locally or abroad in order to fight in some armed conflict. Also, uh, they do, in fact, need to take part directly in uh, these hostilities. Three, is motivated to take part in the hostilities essentially by the desire for private gain, uh, getting paid, what's up, and in fact is promised 
by or on behalf of one of the parties in the conflicts uh, to get some kind of material compensation that is in excess of what's promised or paid to combatants, like regular combatants, let's say in a military. Uh, so basically, you're better paid than the military. That's what number three is. Right. And uh, additionally, number four, you are neither a national of a party involved in the conflict, nor are you a resident of territory controlled mm. by a party to conflict. So you That's are like, if there's, yeah, so like just to tease that out, mercenaries uh, in Ethiopia, in a, in a conflict in Ethiopia, they may be proxies of maybe a private corporation or proxies of, we're not saying anything bad here. This is entirely hypothetical. Or like they might be proxies of uh, the Italian government, right? But they themselves are not Italian. They're not Ethiopian. They're not from that part of the world. Uh, they're there because they're paid to get stuff done. Also, they are not uh, members of the armed forces of a party to the conflict. Yeah, so they're just not active military for one of the sides fighting, essentially. And number six, finally, has not been sent by a state which is not a party to the conflict on official duty as a member of its armed forces. <laughs> wow, Ben, you want to wrap that into your example sure. there? It just it's it's like, you know, if you have a really important package that you're mailing, you put all the foam you can in it, you tape it up as tight as you can. That's what they're doing. They're trying to legally <laughs> tape up the definition of mercenary and get it all buttoned down. Because if a if an individual meets all of these criteria, they're not considered a legal combatant. They're not considered a prisoner of war if captured. Uh, if th this is where it becomes really important. So if they are not those combatants, they're subject to regular criminal trials. And if they're found to be a mercenary, then they don't get some of the same considerations that a member of the military would get. They're treated as a common criminal. And you can find examples of this fairly recently. Uh, that's where they say, well, you know, again, the definition of a state is the state has monopoly on violence. You're just somebody who got paid to kill people and burn things, right? That's the hyperbolic example. So you might get executed because you killed someone, which is a crime. Uh, and they also, because they don't count as POWs, uh, they can't necessarily expect repatriation at the conclusion of a conflict, meaning they won't wow. shit. You won't be shipped back to your country of origin. But Jeez. so that's mercenary. That's sticky. And you would think, okay, well, based on this definition, I take it the international community is generally speaking against this stuff. But here's the thing: multiple observers, when they think of mercenaries, they don't think Wagner. Uh, the Wagner group is is really a bunch of mercenaries. Instead, it's supposed to be a hidden hand of Vladimir Putin doing all the dirty things, all the wet work that the official military won't touch. And that work gets very, very filthy very, very quickly. What are we talking about? We'll tell you after a word from our sponsors. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's where it gets crazy. Oh, man. Just from that list, guys, of what makes a mercenary, at least according to the Geneva Convention's amendment, it doesn't sound to me like Wagner Group would be mercenaries. It also doesn't sound like even, you know, the U.S. versions of these private armies that we've spoken about, they wouldn't fit either because they're they're nationals, right? of a country that's attempting to exert force unless they're being paid by a third party to go to a fourth country. <laughs> this is weird. Yeah. But like, isn't this just kind of like a classic, like loophole kind of like exploitation a little bit? I mean, I don't know. Not that anyone necessarily is particularly well, concerned in these situations about, you know, adhering to the letter of the Geneva convention per se, but I don't know. I've always wondered how things like Blackwater, 
could be considered legal. I mean, it seems that they're if, what are, what are they if not mercenaries? It's private they're security, soldiers dude. for hire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's just like a buzz term. That's like you know, it's calling something else by another another word. <laughs> it's it's just war crime with more steps, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, I mean, it's it's a good point. These are good points you guys are bringing up because the group itself is not registered as a legal entity anywhere in the world. Uh, a lot of U.S. based private security companies are, which does sound like maybe a little bit of a hair splitting difference. But there's more to this than just paperwork. Because again, mercenaries are illegal under Russian law. These PMCs, private military contractors or companies, their shadowy existence gives Russia some pretty important practical and propagandistic capabilities. One, Russia can downplay its battlefield casualties. The death tolls aren't as high if a lot of the people dying were not part of the military, but part of Wagner Group. Secondly, it gives you it gives you some distance, and governments love doing this. Okay, again, many governments love doing this. It gives you an ability to say, "Well, those folks may may have done some stuff that is objectionable, but we didn't tell them to." You have to understand, they're just private contractors hired through you know a series of uh, Matroshkadol shell companies. Uh, so we are as surprised about these atrocities. As you are, and we clutch are. pearls. Yeah. yeah, we're clutching our pearls. Mm. We're we're mad too. Yeah, it's the old uh, bad apple simplicity that you get there, right? That's not yeah, us. I mean, Look at those bad uh, apples. We got to rid right. this conflict of those apples, and then we'll be good. And it's not like there's a you know. I mean, we know that these folks are often used to carry out assassinations, and it's not like you're going to leave a paper trail that indicates who you're asking them to target. You could just make the argument that they you know did it of their own accord, or they got overzealous, or something like that. Maybe I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it makes me think yeah. of the WikiLeaks uh, videos and atrocities that were exposed by them from from Blackwater specifically. Uh, mm-hmm. Just same kind of stuff. Oh, and uh, just a soft note there, uh, in case we don't talk about it in our next strange news segment, Assange is going to be extradited to the United States. Uh, yeah. The the word came through, he is going to be under the prison, just to be clear. Uh, and we'll we'll update with that as more comes. So at this point, let's introduce Sorcha McLeod. Uh, who is the chair of the United Nations Working Group on the Use of Mercenaries, meaning this person studies all mercenaries for their job. And they've looked at Wagner Group, this UN working uh, organization, they've looked at this group in depth for some time, and McLeod sums up the advantages of having a personal army, one that is bound to a single powerful individual rather than being bound to any sort of constitution or checks and balances, which militaries in theory always are. Uh, but let's, uh, let's rule out this quotation. I think it sums it up explicitly and concisely. Oh, man, it sure does. So a lot of what we've already been saying, but uh, according to McLeod, again, expert on the subject, uh, she believes that the Wagner group operates in a, a situation, quote, situation of opacity, that there's a real lack of transparency. Uh, and that's the whole point to create distance between the Russian state and the group to create this plausible deniability. Right. Um 
yeah, it, basically, it's sort of like having a, a black ops, right? Like a black ops is almost like a version of this that is technically, you know, legitimately exists within the United States military, but you usually send them on some sort of insane suicide mission or something that would be outside of the, uh, you know, legal structure of military operations, and then you're able to disavow them mm-hmm. when things go <laughs> south or they get, you know, they get uh, they get caught. Yeah, Wagner again. Never heard of him. You talking about the composer? <laughs> I Where do love the ride of the Valkyries, though. Yeah, I keep love the smell Spotify. of napalm in the morning. Yeah, keep your Spotify to yourself. People are dying. You know, dear. Oh dear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, this is the last time I'm going to say it, but it really does ring. It sounds a lot like Mr. Prince of the Eric oh, variety, yeah. and mm-hmm. and his just. His his ever evolving group of non mercenary private army individuals. Oh, you mean Blackwater? Wait, you mean Academi? Wait, you mean XE? Wait, you mean Constellus? Constellus? Wait, I think what's so. next? Yeah, it just goes and goes. I mean, the advantages of this arrangement. Now that we know this, they're they're clear. They're clear and they're concrete. But it does seem like a, a contradictory thing for Russian law. A strange loophole. One might even say a conspiracy because, again, they consider mercenary work illegal on paper. But by every indication you can find, Russia has been using this group and others like it, those two predecessors we named, in close cooperation with the official military, very much in the ways pioneered just a few years earlier by Uncle Sam in the early 2000s in the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And some observers believe the organization itself is totally like they say yes it exists there's a reason it doesn't officially exist and no they're not mercenaries no they're not a pmc they're just a disguised branch of the ministry of defense and ultimately the difference is they don't report to the russian government overall right they report to one guy big daddy p What's, what's he, what's, uh, you know, what, he tells them where to go and boom, they're putting on the Ritz. Mm, keep it. Keep <laughs> oh, it. Not it. worth it. Not worth it, but keep love it. Love it. Uh, ben, well, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, there is a map that shows the, one of, at least one of the Wagner bases and how there's a tiny little road connecting it to a Russian military installation that is quite large, just up the road a piece. Oh, yeah. And that helps us understand why people have these suspicions, why they think there's a con job going on. Because Wagner shares bases with the Russian military. If they're flying out somewhere, like odds are they're riding on Russian military aircraft. Uh, they use the country's military health care. They get passports, right? And uh, they get dodgy passports too if, uh, if you need to put some scoot into your operation. Let's maybe talk a little bit about war crimes. So Wagner gets accused of a lot of war crimes. And honestly, tragically, there's a lot of evidence to support a wide range of these accusations. If we go to Declan Walsh, a journalist who was writing for the New York Times back in 2021, just last year, uh, he says that the UN found Wagner, quote, killed civilians, looted homes, and shot dead worshipers at a mosque during a major military operation in the Central African Republic. 
commonly called CAR. Uh, yeah, this is not counting also the uh, many allegations of sexual assault and torture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, weaponized sexual assault, uh, which is something we've seen reports of as a Russian tactic as well of, of, of war, um, which is absolutely a war crime. No question about it. And Declan Walsh goes on to describe other things that have occurred, uh, at least by Russian troops and allied government troops. I'm just going to read it. it. They include, quote, cases of excessive force, indiscriminate killings, occupation of schools, looting on a large scale, including uh, humanitarian organizations that were looted. And particularly, as I mentioned before, the mining centers, these guys have been seen looting around major mining centers, especially in diamond-rich areas of, again, that same place, Central African Republic. So, like, I mean, you know, in war, you're part of a military force. There are certain rules of engagement, et cetera. People die in, 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 in war. It's not considered murder, you know. But how is this not just outright murder? Yeah. Well, if they are mercenaries, it is. Uh, if they are proxies, you can make that case, right? But if they are actual members of the military, then they are supposed to be functioning under the constraints of a military code of conduct, right? Uh, in peace or wartime. And it appears that they are not. Um, it's It's strange because... You know, originally in this story, Walsh recounts how the Kremlin did something that um, the USSR and Russia now and the United States have been doing all the time. Whenever they want to express hegemonic influence, they say, we're going to send, we won't send you weapons officially. And they're like, they have a finger to their nose, you know, (laughs) we won't send you weapons, but we'll send you some trainers to help you figure out some stuff that we've learned, give you some of our expertise in the fight for the greater good. And uh, what what it what turned out happened is that the United Nations co-signed this. They said, okay, send those military trainers to help train this army uh, in CAR. Uh, and it quickly became clear that those Russian trainers weren't just training folks, they were armed mercenaries and they were there to strike pro-Kriblin business deals in the country and on the continent of Africa because diamonds are a Merck's best friend. So uh, <clears throat> they wanted, yeah, they wanted to give clear financial advantages and benefits and boons to Russian business interests, including uh, some of the homeboys of Vladimir Putin. That's just true. That's pretty much true. But wait, as uh, they say, as Billy Mays used to say, there's more. Don't worry. They're also killing journalists. What are we talking about? We'll tell you after a word from our sponsor. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. If you don't mind, guys, I'd just like to give a quick shout out to Far Cry 2. Very old game at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the storyline is very, very similar to what we're describing today. And you get to play as a mercenary, kind of, sort of, maybe fighting against mercenaries, I guess. But it's pretty much uh, the same idea. And it illustrates in a video game everything we're talking about today. And it's disgusting, but a great game. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Far Cry. I've always wanted to get into that series. I need to give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. It holds up. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, unfortunately, it is inspired often by somewhat true events. In the case of Wagner Group, they've been implicated in the deaths of journalists like Maxim Borodin, who was a Russian journalist who wanted to learn more about the group. And being a journalist, as you understand, is quite, it's quite a difficult job and it can be a physically dangerous job, especially in countries like Russia, 
unless you're unless you are an active asset of the current regime. Um, problem with being a uh, doctor or a dissident politician or a journalist in Russia is that there are a lot of tall buildings. There are a lot of windows. And so on April the 12th, 2018, um, this journalist, Maxim, was found heavily injured after he fell from his fifth-story balcony. Sound familiar? Accidents happen, right? Accidents happen. Yet. Uh, so he goes into a coma as a result of this and dies three days later. Police are investigating this death, but they say, you know, we can just tell you from the jump, this isn't suspicious. And then someone's like, jump, poor choice of words. And the guy's like, I know, I know, I just got to work on the material whenever I can. But this this person did die, and they did die in a um, in a circumstance that for the more conspiratorially minded does indeed look suspicious, especially when we consider that other other um, colleagues of this guy, particularly the chief editor of Novi Den, Polina Romyatseva, uh, said that before Borodin died, she could not rule out a crime. And she said, I can confirm there was no reason for him to commit suicide. And she wasn't the only one saying this was super sketchy. So Harlem Desir of the OSCE said the death was of serious concern <laughs> uh, and called for a thorough investigation. Um, Barodin's uh, friend then stated that one day before his fall, Barodin had contacted him at five o'clock in the morning saying that there was, uh, quote, once again, someone with a weapon on his balcony and people in camouflage and masks on the staircase landing. That's, huh. that's not scary at all. Sounds like a suicide to me. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, assisted suicide, uh, aka uh, a murder. So why is uh, you know back to what McLeod um, said, the UN expert on uh, mercenaries and, and their designation? Uh, why are they so opaque? Why do we not know more about them? Um, well, despite as we've been through, not officially being part of the Russian military, uh, they're essentially held to the same kinds of uh, standards and constraints that actual rank-and-file soldiers are. Uh, and that's just in theory, but not necessarily in practice. So, you know, the, the, the line, the public line is, no, no, these are, these are they're operating within the same uh, conditions that would be, you know, uh, held to a, a soldier um, of the Russian military. But in reality, um, and this is from uh, Yeni Safek, which is a Turkish news site, quote, there is no exact information on how Wagner is financed, not to mention, you know, where the money comes from. This is a heavily armed group, you know, uh, staffed by people with intense military training and, and skills. Um, so uh, Yeni Safik, a Turkish news site, uh, questions this. Uh, they say, uh, there is no exact information on how Wagner is financed. However, considering the fact that training on driving armored vehicles are conducted daily using tens of Cornet missiles, it's clear that great financial support is essential. The Wagner-affiliated military men are paid $1,100 monthly during their training. They need to pass these trainings to be able to uh, be sent to war. Um, Moscow strictly prohibits soldiers from using social media and speaking of the operation for at least 10 years. And Ben, I don't know if you saw this. I, I think there are some videos of some of these trainings on online that have like leaked out. 
Yes. Yeah, that's correct. There are also a couple of ex-Wagner members who have come forward to talk a little bit more about the relationship. But what seems to be happening here, if you follow the money, is that so this group either doesn't exist or it's a private security company, you know, just just like Blackwater or whatever the name they're going by. And uh, the idea then is that someone has to be paying them. But if you unpeel the proxies and the uh, layers of the onion here, then it seems very much that the Russian government is paying them just in a way that allows them that plausible deniability, that distance, and also allows them to more directly follow the whims of the ruling inner circle. Uh, the idea of not being able to speak of an operation for at least 10 years is also a big part of why so much of this is murky, why it's been called a shadow army. Okay, and let's let's talk about this. So we have a future episode coming up on pro-Nazi forces uh, that were active in Ukraine, right? And this was one of the primary public justifications uh, from the Putin-run government of Russia for the invasion and the ongoing war. They wanted to denazify Ukraine. That's what they said, right? And mm -hmm. the weird thing about this denazification is that Wagner is active in Ukraine as we record, and Utkin was given the call sign Wagner because of his affection for the, quote, attributes and ideology of Adolf Hitler. Yes, that Adolf Hitler. Mm -hmm. I, if there's a different Adolf Hitler, apologies to you, man. Life's got to be tough with that name. But this is like the World War II Nazi leader, genocidal maniac, Adolf Hitler. And um, we pulled some of this from militaryarms.ru, which is where you can also see reports about Utkin in The Economist in, in a couple of other Western outlets where they talk about him having multiple neo-Nazi tattoos. Also, I don't I don't think this is reading tea leaves too much. Tell me if I'm wrong, you guys, but Wagner was Hitler's favorite composer. So it, oh, it yeah. does seem like a shout out on multiple levels. No, I mean, that's, you know, Wagner is a very important composer uh, in the history of like modern music, but is is widely acknowledged as being a virulent anti-Semite. And, uh, you know, Wagner's music was often heard playing through loudspeakers at the death camps as Jewish families were marched to the gas chambers or other horrific forms of, you know, mass execution. Um, it's, it's, it's honestly his his. Uh, reputation is so Wagner's that is is so controversial and yet his music is so important uh, I actually went to the uh, the Jewish Museum in Berlin and there was a really fascinating exhibit uh, where some Jewish composers and performers were talking about how they're able to justify playing Wagner's music and one of the most interesting justifications was well uh, the man would probably be rolling over in his grave if he knew that uh, a Jewish principal violinist and uh, conductor were, you know, at the helm of his music. Mm. Yeah, those Nazis are real jerks. Wow. Uh, so, but Utkin maybe doesn't believe in that particular vile ideology. Maybe he's got another thing up his sleeve. 
or on his sleeve? Would that is that how it would work? Uh, yeah, he's got the tats though. That's not a decision people make lightly. Uh, yet former members of Wagner say that Ukin is actually something called a Rodnover, uh, which is a practitioner of a native Slavic belief system. Uh, Rodnovery is sometimes called neo-paganism or considered a modern mm. pagan religion. But setting aside the uh, whatever personal religious beliefs, this guy, Utkin, who has been the face of this for a while, setting aside whatever beliefs that person may have, various parts of Wagner have been clearly linked to far-right neo-Nazi beliefs and white supremacy. And, you know, we've seen, we've seen this in... U.S. law enforcement as well. We've seen it in factions of the military as well. We've had people in law enforcement and in the U.S. military write to us and say, yeah, these cliques are rolling and people know about them. But Utkin, when, when you think of the plausible deniability aspect, it's interesting that Utkin has been in photo ops with Vladimir Putin. It makes it increasingly hard and somewhat cartoonish to deny that top Russian leadership is somehow not involved. Oh, we just hobnob together. Oh, my chef gives him money. Uh, I don't know what they're up to. I thought he, you know, was delivering oranges or something in Syria, whatever. Uh, like, it's, it's almost offensive to try to maintain that sort of deception. Um, for what? For, for like a... a a legal precedent. Uh, I'm so interested in this group, and I know that there may have been, there may be uh, fellow conspiracy realists in the audience who have interacted with Wagner in some way, depending on where you were deployed. So, how has the world responded? With sanctions. Ooh, mm. do check out our episode on sanctions. Do they work? Are they moral? Well, not too many people were worried about that when it came to Wagner. Uh, the U.S. <laughs> the U.S. Treasury Department sanctioned uh russia and sanctioned that uh the so-called chef prigozhin um directly like as an individual that's like a, a dubious infamous distinction you're pretty big time yeah in a bad way if a country is like we're gonna sanction some groups and also this dude that's yeah that's well, like, it's a bad yeah. it's a bad time for oligarchs right, <laughs> right yeah now. that's like Imagine, how, what does that do for your self-esteem when an entire country or region like the EU gets together and countries and these organizations they have a hard time agreeing. They all got together and they said, you know who sucks? This guy. Like, how do you, you know, maybe I'm exercising too much empathy. I'm, I don't think that guy really cares. Um, and we haven't met him. But the EU no. and the UK joined in. They also imposed sanctions again. On this guy specifically, entire <laughs> countries are like, this guy is for the birds. He's the worst. Um, and they were related to his uh, his financing, as they see it, of Wagner. Uh, in October of 2020, that's when the EU and the UK did it. It was specifically for activities in Libya. U.S. Department of Treasury uh, also in 2017 sanctioned Wagner Group and then sanctioned Utkin. The, the guy we were talking about earlier, again, specifically. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's on the bucket list of, of infamy. Like, do you, does anybody, would you brag about that? Would you be like, hey, this whole country I mean, thinks I blow? 
I would just be freaking out because somebody's freezing all the assets that I've been gathering with my oligarch status. I mean, that would be that would be upsetting. God, I've got just all this cash and yachts and businesses, and now they're saying I can't play with my toys. I'm upset. Where am I going to land my yacht? <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> He just got like helicopters that carry the yacht around uh-huh. and they land at places. Yeah. Joy, joy, joy conspiracy stuff shows yacht landers. We're the number one yacht transporter. We got a hundred percent. Don't ask, don't tell sanctions policy. Oh boy. We got 40, <laughs> we got 42 giant helicopters. They'll pick up your yacht wherever it needs to be. It'll just be dropped off. You're going to love it call now <laughs> oh man we should have that sounds like a illumination global unlimited commercial but i think they got smacked by sanctions for the yacht the yacht scam we call it yacht sprees and they're just ospreys wait is that the right one is that the big helicopter what's the huge helicopter oh yeah it is ospreys it's a boeing v22 osprey that's the one i'm thinking about oh the vtol right vertical takeoff yeah. landing yeah, that's that's how you move the yacht. Uh, side note, there have been allegations unconfirmed that Internet Illumination Global Unlimited is just taking the yachts. But we can't oh, confirm really? that. <laughs> just parking them somewhere on the Georgia coast. <laughs> <laughs> what yacht? What are you going to do about it? Uh, anyhow, we're making light of some of this, but it is really important to note that these sanctions aren't just political theater, at least in the stated opinions of those imposing them. Instead, they say that, well, let's take a line from what the EU said in December of last year when they put further sanctions against the Wagner Group, as well as eight individuals and three other entities connected to it. They said everyone involved was sanctioned because of serious human rights abuses, including torture extrajudicial summary or arbitrary executions and killings or in destabilizing activities in countries they operate in, including Libya, Syria, Ukraine, Donbass region specifically, and Central African Republic. So what they're saying is these folks are going in and they're doing wet work and they're trying to design coups. Uh, This is not something nations like to officially smile upon, but it's a true story. And that's when we have to ask, what happens next? Wagner is still active. They haven't stopped. But then so are, you know, the parent companies of places like the former operator Blackwater. So we have to ask, is the U.S. in a hypocritical position here? And what does it mean for the world if this trend of private operators in practice not subject to the same regulations as an actual military? What if this trend continues? Is it? a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it inevitable? We want to hear from you. Let us know what you think. We can't wait for your thoughts and experience. We try to be easy to find online. Boy, do we ever. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. And you can find us on Twitter at the handle Conspiracy Stuff on Instagram. We are Conspiracy Stuff Show. Yes. Tell us about how the private armies will one day be robo armies. And maybe they'll just all be artificially intelligent, fight everyone. It'll be uh, fun times for all. Call one eight three three stdwytk It's a voicemail system. 
You get three minutes, say whatever you'd like. Please include your nickname, whatever you want that to be, and let us know whether we can use your name and voice on the air. Do appreciate that. We can't wait to hear from you. If you want to instead, contact us the old-fashioned way. Oh, we've got a pipeline for you. It's ready. All you gotta do is send an email to conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Attention, true crime enthusiast, searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.